Produced at the studios of KBOO Radio in Portland, Oregon, this is Free Culture Radio. Free Culture Radio neither promotes the use of any drugs nor condemns people for being involved in drugs. To the extent that drug use presents problems for individuals or society, those problems are made worse and more intractable when people who use drugs are treated as others and ignored, stigmatized, and even brutalized. I stopped using alcohol entirely about a year ago. And we're, we're pre-recording this as of today. It was 356 days ago. My soberversary is in nine days. Long story. So I'll just cut to the chase. I like the taste of beer. What I want is something that has flavor, has character, has the mouthfeel of a good IPA, just without the buzz, without the alcohol. You know, a few years ago, that was really hard to find. That um, times change. Which brings me to my guest. Larry Sidor is the founder and brewmaster of Crux Fermentation Project in Bend, Oregon. Larry, how you doing? I'm doing great, Doug. Beautiful day here in Sisters, Oregon. Uh, so let's let's start from the top. Crux Fermentation Project. Now, now I thought Crux was a brewery, but uh, but fermentation? Well, what's up with that? I, I've been fermenting stuff my entire life. Well, maybe. Probably started when I was seven or eight years old, but uh, I love fermenting stuff, whether it's sauerkraut, pickles, uh, cheese, you name it. I love it. Hmm. So um, now uh, I was looking at your website. You have a couple of products that, that and that's what, what I'm someone I got you here to talk about, actually. It's your Nomo non-alcoholic beers. What made you decide to, um, to try getting into this na market uh redemption i i have made millions and millions of cases of really non-alcoholic beer and i I really wanted to make a good one so this this was my chance to uh to do it so now okay so (laughs) Oh, I'm, too, I'm 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 torn between asking to between going to the part where I ask about yourself or continuing to talk about your IPA. Tell me about yourself. You 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 you're not you're not one of these you're not one of these beer bros who made a who made a bundle in crypto down in the Bay Area and decided to try something different up north. You you're 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 actually from around here. Oh yeah yeah I'm a native. I, uh, I have been brewing beer for 49 years and kind of coming up to 50 here pretty soon. And I love beer. Uh, so tell me about these non-alcoholic. You have a regular and a hazy. Yeah. So so what I've done is is that I, I, I challenged my head brewer and my other brewers uh, to come up with a non-alcoholic beer. And I have, well, I have failed. I have, I failed in my first uh, 35 years of making non-alcoholic beer. And, you know, I, I uh, had an epiphany with my, my brewers and came up with a non-alcoholic beer that actually tastes like beer and is, it's wonderful to consume. You don't have to, uh, be made to drink it. You you can drink it because you like it. And they're 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 hoppy. You know they're hoppy and they're they're fairly uh, low calorie. They're thirty calories in a twelve ounce can. And 
uh, it's they're malty, they're they're great. So I have two versions. One is an IPA that is essentially based on the mosaic uh, hop, so it's very hop forward. And then I have a, a second one that we made, which is a hazy, and it's uh, it loves it lives up to its name. It's a hazy beer. It's also 30 calories, and it it has a uh, a pretty significant. Uh, uh, list of hops that, that go into it, so it, it keeps the the people who really enjoy hops uh, quite interested. Because huh. that's um <clears throat> my I'm just I'm just I'm just stuck on that thirty calories in a twelve ounce. That's the amount of calories from the alcohol. My heaven! How much? How much? You you also do regular beers. How many? How what's a what would a regular IPA? The calorie count. Oh, I would say typically we run about 175. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, you know you're you're getting a, an intense product and it takes uh, calories to make it make it intense. And the difference, though, which you know, which actually leads to the next to the next question, because Crux, you know, as you mentioned, it's located. It's, Crux is located in Bend. It's a, it's a beautiful place. It's a, such a beautiful area. There's lots of outdoor sports and recreation. Um, have you been seeing any connections or any synergy between these, these sort of active lifestyle people and and this, and the non-alcoholic beverages? Oh, absolutely. There's there's two takes on it. Uh, one take is is I just did a hundred mile bike ride and I deserve a beer. And then there's the other take on it where I'm going to have a, a beer during the ride, increase my electrolytes. Uh, I just enjoy beer, but obviously I can't drink beer while I'm, I'm doing something uh, intense. So yeah, it's a little of both. And, and the other, I think the other thing that's really happening out there is it, the word is getting out slowly. Uh, what, what are the first things people usually think of a non-alcoholic beer? Uh, the word yuck kind of usually comes to mind. And uh, we're, we're changing that. And so I think that it, it, you know, as we move forward and the word starts getting out and people start sampling and such, I, I think you're going to see a, a huge shift. Uh, just, just for example, I mean, you know, the European malt beverage um, – market is composed of about 12 percent of its sales in non-alcoholic beers and the united states is maybe two percent so i my my vision is is we have a long ways to go on the europeans too i mean it's a, the the rodler you'll find them around here but um occasionally but the uh that's a it's you know very low alcohol it's a huh this, it's just fascinating. I mean, of course, some lifestyles are a little less active and more self-indulgent. That's not a judgmental statement. I'm referring to myself. I enjoy a good meal. It, typically, my, now, my beverage choices are, well, there's water, there's soda, coffee or tea, the water sparkling or still. I mean, it's a little boring, but um, but also, you know, green tea with a hamburger it's just a pairing, you know, and then there's the extra calories. I mean, a soda and I'm not doing, and I'm not doing that diet stuff, better living through chemistry and all that, but not anyway. And I, and yes, I am an omnivore. So, so I want to, you know, what would, you know, but how do your, how do the, how do non-alcoholic beers pair with, you know, say a hamburger or a, or a steak or a grilled salmon? 
Well, I had a had a bratwurst for uh, for lunch today, and I had a Nomo IPA. Fantastic! It was it was great. You know, I'm working around the the house today and using the tools and such. So I, you know, I didn't want to have a regular beer. So it was a fantastic uh, pairing. Hmm. Are, are restaurants showing interest? I mean, you know, even people who don't use alcohol have to eat. I'm pushing 60. I don't want to order from a kid's menu. And, you know, I, I do enjoy sitting outside and having and having a meal once in a, in, in, once in a blue moon. Why not? Um, how can we, are, are more restaurants starting to carry how can we get more restaurants to carry non-alcoholic beverages they they it, it's an informational thing uh you know we were authorized to sell our our product nomo in in safeway i think for 120 stores uh last june and i don't know the number i'm kind of guessing here but i would say maybe 80 of them are actually carrying it right now and so it, it's it's one of those those situations where you know they're thinking of their dad's in a paps in a uh, gets in a uh, that was just it, it tasted like scorched tomato juice and so why would we carry that and and now the the word's out there and so we're we're seeing a a demand from restaurants uh, wanting to uh, have our na and surprisingly we're starting to get inquiries on. Can we get that in a keg? So yeah, I think you're going to start seeing a lot of uh, draft uh, NA beer on uh, in, in bars and restaurants. Because, I mean, yes, cans are efficient. They're, you know, they work. You can pour them into a glass. It's lovely. It's fine. But, oh, there is. It's true. The draft is, oh, there's, it's just. Oh, God, I hope that they, oh. So now, now you've been fermenting all your life, but how did you get into beer? What, 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 what turned you into a brewer? Well, I, I didn't. I, uh, I went to Oregon State University. I was a food science major there, and I did a work-study program with the enologist at uh, Oregon State, and I was going to become a winemaker. And I, I didn't – well, I didn't – I wasn't born with a lot of money, I'll put it that way – and I didn't have much business sense. And so I started trying a, or started to try a wine, start a winery in, uh, it would have been uh, 1972, which would have made me like the third winery in the state of Oregon. Well, my, my business plan presentation didn't exactly pan out. So I was, I was headed up to Alaska to work in the pipeline. I'm, I'm pretty good with heavy equipment and had a friend who uh, was an engineer up there. And so I was going to make a bunch of money, come back and buy some uh, ground to uh, start a winery. And I happened to stop by the Olympia Brewing Company and uh, see a friend of mine, that uh, fellow classmate, and he went into brewing. And uh, he convinced me to, to go to work in the beer industry. And... I, I was a little afraid to do it because I was afraid it was going to be rather boring. And let me tell you, it's been anything but boring. So it's been a, it's been a great ride. So that, that's how I got into uh, uh, the beer industry, kind of the, the side door of the uh, wine industry. And now what did you, so you, so you started in the yellow bear, um, the Oli, how, when did you, uh, when, how long, how long you been with, yeah, was Crux your first, uh, your first like craft brewery? 
Oh, no, no. I, uh, my, my journey was, is I worked for Olympia for 23 years, then went to work for a hop company in Yakima, Washington. And then I was the, uh, the head brewer, the master brewer at, uh, Deschutes, uh, brewing for eight years. And while at, uh, ending my career at Deschutes, I started Crux. This is a conversation with Larry Sidor, founder and brewmaster at Crux Fermentation Project in Bend, Oregon. We'll hear more in a moment. You're listening to Free Culture Radio. I'm your host, Doug McVeigh. Welcome back. Let's hear more from my conversation with Larry Sidor, founder and brewmaster at Crux Fermentation Project in Bend, Oregon. I did do a, a little bit of research for this. Um, you studied food science, right? Correct. How do you think that your your food science background has informed your uh, your brewing and your, uh, your your yeah your brewing and your brewing philosophy? Oh, you know, tremendously. Uh, you know, it gave me the building blocks of what to do, what not to do from, uh, you know, making beer, uh, running a, a brewery. Uh, you know, making beer is probably 50% science and 50% art. And I had to learn the art part of it. And, uh, but the science background um, you know, knock on, on wood here. I've, I've never really had any serious, um, uh, you know, health, not health, but, uh, uh, recalls, that type of thing in my, my entire, uh, career. So, um, you know, Oregon State really prepped me, uh, for a, a great career. I'll put it that way. Now, your other beers. We'll, we'll ask. I'll ask about the uh, the ones that have alcohol in them too. May as well find out more about the, uh, the. May as well find out. You you do more than just IPAs, yeah? Oh sure. We uh, we make a uh, pilsner that I'm quite proud of. We uh, we do IPAs all over the board, from you know pretty pretty mild IPAs to serious imperials, the hazies. Uh, we do, we make a stout that I'm just crazy about. Also a, a Belgian double that's, that's just out of this world. Um, and pale ales and so on and so forth. There's kind of our, um, our mantra is the next great beer. So we're always looking for what is the next best beer, next greatest beer we can make. So it, it's, it really is a, a project. We are, you know, this wasn't a, you know, we weren't some beer bros just looking to make a bunch of money. Uh, any plans for an NA beer in some of these other flavors, like maybe a stout or some thing? You know, yeah. Oh, sure. Sure. Our uh, one, I, I believe we're serving it at our pub right now. We have a, a golden ale. Uh, it's called a, a Strata Golden Ale that is made with the strata hop and uh, so that's that's going to be the next one we believe we're going to uh, release and we keep working on different uh, variations because you know the customers um, you know they're always exploring always looking for something new so 
you know, we we want to be the man for the job, you know, type thing. I've got to ask, are you still fermenting? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I uh, My latest project uh, of fermenting is, is we released a whiskey that I made two years ago. Well, actually, probably three years ago now. And we're going to release another one this this fall. I uh, I just bought a I just bought a still the other day. So yeah, we're we're going down that uh, that pathway. It's my my latest project. Let's see, beer, whiskey. Have you been Have you try Have you been getting involved with wine at all? Oh sure, sure. We have Crux Wine. We make a. Uh, a white wine that has a little bit of CO2 in it, and a rosé, and then also a, a, a red uh, red wine. Uh, and before you ask, I'll tell you we're making cider also. So we're we're kind of covering all the uh, all the gamuts. What question should I have asked that I haven't yet? I think maybe where do you think NA is going? What uh, part of the market is it going to play? And we've talked about it. We've touched on it a little. And I, I see the uh, non-alcoholic beers just keeping getting better and better. Um, I, I see the, the market going to, oh, if not over 10%, at least to 10%. So going from 2% to 10%. And I also see the, um, you know, the draft market. We kind of talked about that. I, th- I think you're going to see, uh, uh, you know, opportunities for going in a bar and pour, people pouring draft, draft uh, non-alcoholic beer. Uh, you know, I, I think it's a wonderful thing. And I think that, uh, you know, technology uh, probably – Oh, 20, 30, uh, 30 years ago, I probably spent, I don't know, seven, eight million dollars of other people's money to perfect, uh, NA beer for a large yellow fizzy beer company. And, uh, you know, a lot of good research came out of that, but, uh, you know, it, it, didn't end up making a great beer. I think one of the, the things that I had to really battle was I want you to take XYZ beer, national beer, and I want you to take that same, that product and make it non-alcoholic. And when you do that, you create barriers that uh, will result in failure. Um, I would I would say the the one company that has probably done the best job has been Heineken. Uh, Heineken has done a fantastic job in creating a kind of a light lager, non alcoholic beer. Which, if you're into light lagers, yeah, I still love the taste of an IPA. Uh, you're you're gonna love Nomo. It's the it's that hop thing. It's just that um, it's just that hop thing. You used to work in the industry, you said. Yes, yes. Hmm. You know, it 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 was one of those self evident things that well, yes, they make hoppy beers around here. We grow hops around here. Oh yeah. So in terms, so 
well, there too, I suppose that uh, experience in the industry and um, you, you're getting to know the product from the you're literally getting to know that product from the ground up. I suppose that's helped a lot too in, uh, in, in the in the whole beer thing. Oh, tremendously. Um, you know, one of the things that the I would say the large commercial brewers did um, probably in the 60s, 70s, 80s, maybe even the 90s, it, it's they bought hops by alpha acid. And alpha acid is what gets converted into the bitterness. And so they were looking at beer as a single dimension. And that dimension being bitterness. So in, in wine, you have acid. If you have, like, say, a wine that comes from the, the Central Valley of California, uh, unless they do some enhancements, it's going to be what we call flabby. You know, it's just not not great. Versus going over to Napa or the Willamette Valley, you're going to have beers that have, or excuse me, wines that have more more acid in it, and those are going to be bright and sharp and clean. Um, beer without uh, bitterness is flabby, and so what the brewer does to to make it more drinkable, more pleasing, you add bitterness to a certain level. Well, one of the demises of the the hop industry was the the brewers just buying an alpha acid. The cheaper the alpha acid, the better. Well, what they didn't pay attention to was the essential oils that come with the hops. And now I would say the majority of craft brewers that are out there are buying hops on the essential oil uh, content. And those essential oils are the things that you are addressing. I mean, they, they bring in, you know, rose aromas, flavors, citrus, uh, pineapple, uh, you name it. Uh, it goes, the list is endless of all of the, uh, the great flavors that the hop essential oils bring into play. As you're, as you're saying that, I'm just, I'm just starting to chuckle because I remember, I, re- I remember that the, the hop plant and the, uh, the marijuana plant have, are, are related somehow. That's, uh, that these plants are related. And when you're, because you're talking about the, you know, the, 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 the particular acid that the, was the only thing that brewers were paying attention to, but there are these other these oils and these other things where the flavors are coming from. And think, oh, you, yeah, sort of like with, sort of like with, you may, you wouldn't know this, but the, uh, the marijuana plant for the longest time people just focused on THC the one the one of the cannabinoids one of those psychoactive it's just that thing and they you know really will just make it stronger and stronger get a higher THC kind of that's all that people were really paying attention to when actually the plant there's a lot more to it there are these there's terpenes the things that are flavors and that where you're getting the aromas and the, and the particular flavors of pinene limonene um that are in there naturally and this is what as people become more connoisseurs and be become more aware the this is what the people especially the growers are paying more attention to are those those flavor the, those flavors and the and the aromas that the these chemical these other parts of the plant the the rest of the plant and it's just i'm sorry they were just the, the parallels as you were saying that the parallel i was just chuckling because the parallels are just so oh my god mm, that's mm. yeah that that's very interesting you bring up the terpenes i i've taken a look at the 
the terpenes from the marijuana plant, and I would love to use them in beer. But uh, unfortunately, because beer is a federally uh, regulated product, uh, I, I really have to stay away from uh, any regulatory issues. Oh, yeah. And and these other and well and the other things are other stuff. I mean, you can get chemical. They produce chemicals from all kinds of things. But that's that's the whole point. Uh, do it the natural way. Do it the right way. Well, you know, I started. I got involved in I got involved in drug policy back in the 1980s and came out here to Oregon to work on the Oregon Marijuana Initiative campaign. And you cannot. I could not count the number of. I I mean, uh, so many people who said that that kind of stuff will never happen. <laughs> uh, <yeah>. <laughs> well, <laughs> let me let me tell you, I got a lot of phone calls uh, in the '70s on. Now, how do I graft uh, a marijuana leaf to a uh, hop root? So, I had a lot of those phone calls. Oh God! Uh, so now, how do people find out more about Crux and and your? What's your website? What's your social media? Oh boy, you know, Jason Randalls is our guy that does that, but you can just go to www.cruxfermentation.com and uh, it's all there. The easy way. Um, yeah. And uh, do you have any, any closing thoughts for our listeners? Again, folks, we're speaking with Larry Sador, the founder and brewmaster at Crux Fermentation Project in Bend, Oregon. Yeah, my only closing thoughts are... Keep an open mind when you're you're drinking the the non-alcoholic beers. Uh, they have come light years in the last uh, two to three years, and you know you cannot replicate exactly beer. If you're ex- expecting exactly to have a beer experience sans the alcohol, uh, that's going to be a little tough. But if, if you want the experience of, of malt and hops and a, uh, I'll call it a lightly fermented product, you're going to be quite happy. It's very, very refreshing, very encouraging. Myself, I quit drinking beer when it's, you know, approaching 90 degrees. And I'm so happy to have my, uh, my, my Nomo that I can consume now it's 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 refreshing larry thank you so much you got it doug pleasure talking to you that was my conversation with larry sador founder and brewmaster at crux fermentation project in bend oregon i mentioned the top of the show coming up on my soberversary in case you're curious that date is september 25th and for now that's it Thank you for joining us. You've been listening to Free Culture Radio. I've been your host, Doug McVeigh. I want to thank my guest, Larry Sador. A big thank you to everyone out there fighting for civil rights, human rights, and social justice. Thanks especially to you, dear listener, for your support. You make it all worth it. Free Culture Radio is a volunteer production for community radio and syndicated via the Pacifica Foundation Radio Network's Audio Port Service. Theme music for Free Culture Radio was composed and performed by Tom Nickel and Four Dimensional Nightmare. Free Culture Radio is available as a podcast or direct download. Find links at the website kboo.fm slash freeculture. Free Culture Radio is on Facebook. It's at facebook.com slash kboofreecultureradio. Please give it a like. And you can follow me on Twitter. 
I'm at Doug McVeigh. We'll be back in a month to continue our examination of drugs, drug cultures, and the influence of drugs on society. Thanks again for listening. This is Doug McVeigh saying so long. So long! Thank you.